What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Skate Church Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Shadow, and with me, as always, Brandon Baker. Yo. We are out here in Florida, sunny Florida, but windy Florida. Um, but yeah, but today we have a special episode. It is not one of our normal weekly Devo episodes. Today is one of our interviews, and we have a special guest, Zane Black. He's a traveling evangelist up there in Michigan. He's worked with Dare to Share, if you guys are familiar with them. Um, I remember always reading like Dare to Share books when I was in high school about how to share my faith when I was a high schooler. I love those things so much, but all that aside, I want everyone to give a warm welcome to Zane Black. Zane, how are you, my friend? Yeah, dude, good. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, letting me be a part of it. And for those who are listening, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely, man. And dude, and just just before we start recording, I just want to point this out because I was saying it's uh, sunny in Florida right now, but uh, he sent me his forecast for this week, and it's all single digits for the highs, which, uh, again, man, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, not only single digit, the high is negative six. <laughs> the high is a negative six. <laughs> Dude, it's so crazy. But uh, whether whether all the weather things aside, um, no, today uh, what I wanted to do is have a special episode focusing on the idea of a topic of evangelism. You know, we all in, in skate ministry. I mean, we're 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 all called as as Christians to share our faith with one another, to share our faith with complete strangers, like the skaters that we meet in our own demographic. But some of you guys may be in that ballpark of saying, dude, I want to do skate ministry, but how do I engage with, with a complete stranger at a skate park? And, you know, we can always get along with doing the same tricks with one another, but how do we bridge that gap of just saying, hey, we're all skating, having a good time. Now let me tell you about Jesus. Like, that might be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. But Zane is, in, in my eyes, I'm saying he's like a, he's like a pro at sharing his faith. And he has some uh, ways that... Uh, teaching us how we can be equipped to go out there confidently into our parks and, and to engage with skaters. So, um, yeah, it's a little heads up on what we're talking about today. But Brandon, um, do you wanna do you wanna kick this interview off today? For starters, I'd like to ask you if you could define for us what evangelism is. Um, let us know a little bit about what it is and your connection to it and how you've put it into use and if it has come easy to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I would say I'm. I don't feel like a professional at evangelism i actually feel dude i get freaked out just as much as most people hmm. even like my my you know you mentioned like i'm a traveling evangelist uh-huh. i really look at that in the ephesians sense of the word where it says god's given some to be pastors teachers um prophets and evangelists mm-hmm. for the equipping of the church right for the work of ministry so i look at my call as an evangelist to actually encourage the church and equip the church to do the work of evangelism, which is sharing the life of Jesus with people we come into contact with. And I, you know, so in the sense of like, man, I love getting others fired up to do it, but I I still like, you know, truth be told, man, like I, Hmm. I have those friends, those neighbors, those relationships where man, I get nervous when it comes time to bring up Jesus, or I feel like there's an opportunity, a segue to talk about Jesus with someone. And <laughs> it's not always easy, you know? And, yeah. and times That's that encouraging to know that, we, I, that we're not alone in yeah. thinking like, man, this is scary. It's good to know that even you get scared too. That's all. That, that's encouraging. Bro, I actually take like great heart. And I think a, a Paul is it first or second Corinthians where he says like, I came to you in weakness Oh, yeah. fear and much trembling. Mm-hmm. My message and, per, uh, and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Yeah, bro. And just that reality that like 
I picture Paul, the great missionary, if you will, you know, just shaking like, man, it, it is. a. Uh, it's not always easy, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So even like when you first started, because now if like if teaching the church about how to be equipped for evangelism is something you do now, like did, did it always come easy to you, though? I mean, even like, like back in the day, was it like, well, I just want to share my faith with people. Like what made you want to, you know, uh, equip the church? Like what led to that passion for you? I, I was thinking about this actually before the call, praying through it. And I almost feel that when I first became a believer, I actually had an easier time sharing. Uh And it's almost like after I went to Bible college, worked at a Bible school, Hmm. you know, became, you know, traveling, training people, read books on evangelism. Now I have all this baggage that I sometimes have to work through of like, you know, how to do it best and how to, how to try and be eloquent and what methods Mm. to use, not to use, how a personal, you know, all this stuff, apologetics and where like when I first got saved, I mean, I was selling drugs for a living. Mm. I got kicked out of school. Mm. I've been kicked out of my house. I was living with a friend's family, selling drugs to their kids. Youngest son was selling drugs for me. He got kicked out of school for having a gun. It was like, my life was just, man, I'd OD'd, spend a night and a day in a coma. It was like, I met Jesus, and and it was like, I couldn't shut up. It was just like, man, I wanted to tell everyone about Jesus because, like, he literally changed my life. Yeah. And and I think there was such a, a drastic change that I think also people had questions. They are like, yo, what happened to you? And I was like, <laughs> Jesus, I guess. <laughs> Jesus happened. yeah so i almost feel because it was so fresh so Mm. new i didn't have the um hindrances of what if i don't say the right thing i just was experiencing this genuine life transformation and i just wanted to tell others about it it's like when you first get into snowboarding and you're really passionate about it you know you're like you want to tell others about it or you get a a new snowboard and it's like you just it transforms the way you ride you want others to know about it you know we talk about the things that we love and i think that just came out in like right when i became a believer and and i do find and i think i see it across the board not maybe not across the board but i see it often as well like people who have matured in their faith i think we grow in having like ten thousand reasons why we shouldn't tell someone about jesus mm-hmm. you know we have all at least myself and I see a lot of others actually as well, like have all these excuses. Well, I don't have a deep enough relationship with them or I don't know their full story or what if it hurts the relationship or what if they reject or they ask me a question I don't know the answer to or, you know, all those things um, can can become hindrances or hurdles that we have to get over. And I, I just I love that you see, I mean, almost consistently and people who are new Christians, they're just like, you can't shut them up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Man. <laughs> and then for some reason, the more knowledgeable we grow, like the less we talk for some reason. I don't I don't get it. Dude, I feel you there. It, it, it's funny. Even as you're sharing, like, dude, when you first get saved you can't shut up about it. Like you just keep right. on talking about yeah. it. And so it's, it's overflowing from you because you received this love. You receive this grace that doesn't keep you pinned down in the same place you've always seen yourself in. And 
Man, like, I remember when I first got saved in high school, you, you could not stop me. Like I was left and right all over the place, like beating people over the head with the Bible. Like you know, maybe not the most the best way to <laughs> share my faith, but I'm just like, you got to know Jesus. Right. But I was but I was so enthusiastic and passionate about it. But then, yeah, right after high school, I went to Bible college and Bible college got to to the point where, all right, I need to articulate myself. I'm so formal and so like I have every position covered. Mm. I have this. And it almost like. I mean, I mean, I used to write a lot of spoken word poetry, and I remember I wrote a poem back in the day that was about how much my faith seems so much more genuine and real before Bible college because it was like, I just love Jesus, and but now I'm trying to understand and package him so like properly so other people can digest it so I can understand it. And I'm like, is faith always meant to be understood or is it just meant to be like, is it meant to be experienced or is it a healthy combination of both? And all that to say, like going into that transition of like, I don't know, like if school kind of hindered us to share to our, the most genuine capacity, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, or a hundred percent. And I think it goes back to uh, Brandon, your question that you asked a little bit earlier is like, yeah. so, so what is it? Well, ultimately. And then I think what, what you just shared, Derek is like, Think of Revelation where he says, return to your first love. Yes. That's my prayer every day, man. <laughs> Bro, and ultimately, I, I, if I could like, you know, kind of boil evangelism down, man, I think it's, you know, it's an overflow of the relationship and that we're having with Jesus and it flows out to those around us. Totally. And, um, and you know, speak, and, and I think as we think about the gospel, the gospel isn't just for those who are non-Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just to get people saved from death, but the gospel also enables us to live. Come on, there and it so, is. <laughs> therefore, like when I'm speaking of the gospel, right, it's not just, oh, this is for the person who's the sinner, yeah, but it's for the saint. And so... Now I'm talking about the gospel, you know, in all different places of life that I go because it's this overflow of the relationship that I already have. Dude, totally. What's funny is like the gospel, like Jesus didn't go up to the fishermen originally and say, hey guys, do you believe in me? Okay, you do? All right, cool. Whoop, see you later. Like I'll see you in heaven. No, he said, follow me. And they got to see the kingdom of God like show up right before their very eyes. Like they got to experience like a taste of the things to come right there where they were. It's like, oh man, dude, we're missing out when we just think it's all for, all for later on down the road. But he's like, no, this is for now, man. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing, and that's a good segue to another question that that we had was like, do you think that Christians like do we overcomplicate like sharing the gospel, and like, and if so, like how do we overcomplicate sharing the gospel? Yeah, I think so, and maybe a little bit what I was first talking about, and I, I don't, you know, mean to like oversimplify either. Yeah, but- yeah. I, I, I do think we can. I think uh, I think we gotta realize that man Jesus first picked a couple fishermen, you know, mm-hmm. you know wasn't necessarily the best and the brightest. And I think the Lord delights speaking through those who feel incapable and unable. Um, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So I, I think there is sometimes a beauty in just stepping out even when you don't feel prepared. Oh yeah, and so. Yeah, I think that maybe, you know, some things like if you do feel that fear of sharing is maybe to try to like say, okay, what is it that I'm afraid of? You know, what is it that hinders me? Sometimes it might be what people will think of me or I don't know the right answer or 
you know, whatever those hindrances are, like boil it down, get to understand those things. And then, and then what does Jesus have to say about that? Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the th- thing that's holding me back is I'm worried about what people will think of me, well, man, then I think there's an opportunity to grow in our understanding of who God says we are. And then as a result, we have that confidence to not be afraid or seek the approval of men, but to stand in that confidence and already approval of our father, yeah. you know, or if it's, or if it's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to say, man, that's another opportunity, an opportunity for God to flex, you know, yeah. for, for us to see God's power made known in our life, that we get to experience that resurrected power that lives in, inside of us because of the spirit who lives in us is that I can then step out. I don't feel I have all the right answers, but I get to watch God you know, speak on my behalf to, to, to do what I could not do on my own. So I, I look at those hindrances really as opportunities, you know? So yeah, I think can get overcomplicated, but maybe take some of those things and say, why do I have that? What is that hindrance? And then what does God say about that? Absolutely. The times that we let those hindrances get in the way of it and keep us silent, it's like, dude, we become immobile and we just totally stop. Like mm-hmm. we're not doing anything, but the good the good flip side of that question is to be like, dude, if I did speak up, despite whatever fear I have of, well, this person might think I'm weird, or what if I don't have the right words to say, allowing God to use you and speak through you and know that, like, dude, he's like, when you open your mouth, like, it's me speaking through you. Like, don't worry about it, man. But it's like, man, what blessing do you contain within you um, that someone else is praying for? And all it takes is you to, you know, just risk that, that fear in your head of like, what if I look foolish? It's like, it doesn't matter if you look foolish, if it means that this person's life is going to be changed through one act of just saying, Hey man, let me talk about Jesus or, Hey, can I pray for you today? It's like, you have something that someone else has been praying for. And, um, and half the times like the, the, the scenarios we set up in our heads, like they're not even real. It's like, Oh, this person's going to think this instead. Someone could be like, dude, that made my day. That's what I needed to hear. I've been waiting for that. It's like, but you'll never know unless you step out of where your head's at and yeah, Mm. see those moments as opportunities and not as hindrances. So dude, that's, that's huge, man. That's great. That that actually nailed a second question that, uh, another follow-up question I had for it, which was how do we discern when to or not share the gospel with someone but i feel like you really answered that with it in in trying to focus on what god is is calling you towards and looking at what things are making you afraid to step out so i feel like you really hit that but if i could take it a step further and ask you how do you approach evangelizing those who have no connection to the gospel at all like what steps would you take to 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 bring the gospel to someone who is essentially gospelless you know i think one of the 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 things in in all of it like, you know, we kind of just jump right in, right? We just started riffing on all, talking through these different things. But I think it's so important just to realize it takes a work of God to bring someone to life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that also takes the pressure off of me is like someone's salvation doesn't depend on me. Mm-hmm. You know, that like only God can do that work. For and sure. so with that, then Brandon to that question is like, man, let's pray, let's pray and let's pray. You know, and and I think for me, that's always that first step, um, which which also I find it even speaks to that question. You said we kind of already answered. How do I know? How do I discern whether it's the person to ask mm-hmm. is if I have that heart of prayer, if I'm seeking the Lord, I'm like, God, who would you have me to share with? Then it makes me more aware of who those are, who he has me to share with. For instance, like, I don't know if you have ever got like a, a new car. 
or maybe I should say a, a new to you car, right? We're okay. all in ministry. Probably none of us own a new car, <laughs> but a new to you car, yeah. right? And you get that car and all of a sudden you start seeing everybody else is driving that car. <laughs> yeah. You're like, whoa, dude, I've seen that car all over the place now. Is it because all of a sudden there's more of those cars? No. Why? Because now you're in that car, you mm. see more of that car. Dang, and I think good. the same is, is man, when, when we are praying and, and we start our day seeking the Lord for God, is there someone that you would have me to share with? Then all of a sudden our eyes are open for those who he would have us to share with. Absolutely. And so I think it's two part. I think it prepares our heart, but then also Brandon, back to that question, you know, what do we do? Someone who has, you know, doesn't have the gospel is, and we pray and we trust that God can break down any barrier Sometimes it's the one, the people who, in my mind, I'm like, dude, that person would be the least likely to ever trust Christ. You know, they just seem so adamant against Jesus. And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, they end up being the most open. God flips the switch and the door is open and the opportunities before. And so, um, yeah, I'd say, man, pray, pray. Like, let, let's not forget, no matter how much, you know, yeah, okay, I'm a traveling evangelist, you know, teach people how to share their faith with their friends. Essentially, dude, I'm not needed. Yeah. <laughs> Every, You know, I love what Peter says, right? You have everything you need for life and godliness. You know, you don't need another sermon on how to share the gospel. Like, you, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the yeah. living God living inside of you. Right. You, know, you don't need my three-point outline, dude. You just <laughs> need to trust is, yeah. in that reality. Like, God's going to do what God's going to do. I love uh, what Spurgeon was asked, you know, how, what, uh, something about, like, defending God. And he was like, defending God's like defending a lion. You don't need the help. Just unlock the cage, you mm. know? Yeah. And so just that reality of, man, let's let God be God. And uh, I think part of that has been, been uh, like unleashing him then, you know, and, and giving the Lord that opportunity to work in those conversations. So so bring up the gospel and, and see what, what God might do. Okay. Mm. That's that's really good. That's really helpful. Um, So we've taken a bit of a, a broad aspect when asking these questions, but we'd like to zone it in a little bit on on skateboarding since a lot of our listeners are here for um, skate, skating-based ministries anyway. So I don't know if you could help us um, with this, but the skateboarding culture is constantly looked down upon, of course, because we're seen as a destructive group. There's a huge party scene that is connected with us, and a lot of what we do involves going to places where people don't want us to be to try and, to try and um, perform our art if you will. Um, so how do, how do we present a Christ-centered life without sounding like each person that has kicked them out before? How can we still try and provide mm -hmm. the love and grace, but without saying, don't do all of these things without trying to really beat them into that? Like, yeah. what, what would you recommend? Yeah, right. That is that's a great question, Brent. I think the reality of, you know, here we are, we also, uh, we, are, we love Jesus. We, we want to pursue him and live lives that honor him. And oftentimes that can look like then we become judgmental and uh, that we're looking down on others. I think, I think first is to differentiate the, the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done, uh, coming to live a perfect life, die on the cross, and be raised to new life, and then offering everyone life in him. I think to differentiate that between uh, a message of morality— um, when, when we go and like, I love skate park is actually one of my favorite places to have gospel conversations because 
I actually find out there's a, there's a lot of open opportunities there. We're not sharing a message of how to be a better person. We're not sharing a message of 10 ways to, to get your life together. I feel the freedom of like, I don't have to tell them the reality of all that they're doing that's sinful. Like, let's be honest, most of them already know. They're already experiencing <laughs> the consequences of it. Yeah. I was. I didn't need someone to tell me that my lifestyle was producing pain, heartache, and was not going to turn out well in the end. I was already experiencing that reality. Um, I needed someone to show me, show me a different way. And I think that we can take that freedom as Christians to say, dude, I'm not there to tell them they need to quit smoking weed. They got to quit getting drunk. They got to quit getting high. The, the goal is to share the good news of Jesus and the life that they can have in him. If they trust in Jesus, they receive his spirit, and now they have the ability to, to overcome all of those things. I love it. One of my buddies was at this, uh, it was like a rescue mission. And, you know, it was one of those, like, you got to, you preach the gospel, the people got to hear the gospel before then they go in and eat. And so he was like, I'm going to take a different approach. So he goes up and he's like, how many of you have heard that you got to give up your drinking? You got to give up your getting high. You got to give up your drugs, you know, in order to, you know, become a Christian. They're like, uh. <laughs> and he was like, well, I came here to tell you a different message. And like <laughs> the, the rescue mission staff started getting a little nervous. You know? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and the, the, the men are kind of looking around and he's like, well, if you want to come to Jesus, you can keep your drinking. You can keep your drug. You can keep your sex. You can keep your, and then <laughs> one dude in the crowd's like, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, but you cut, you come to Jesus as you are. I mean, that's the reality, right? Like, it's not turn your life around and then trust Jesus. It's yeah. The reality is we don't have the ability to trust in Jesus as you are and now watch him through the power of his spirit give you a new life and a new ability to overcome those things. He's going to change your desires, give you a hunger for faithfulness, a hunger for purity, a distaste for for the things that are against God, you know, a distaste for sin, an uncontentedness in that previous way of life. And so, man, I think we can like all take a deep breath and go, oh, I don't have to be the one to change someone. Only God can do that. And yeah. so I preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, not the good news of do works to make yourself look better. Yeah. But uh, and watch and watch God do the work when someone comes to know him. Dude, so this this kind of tags along with with that. Um, you know, Brandon, we're talking earlier, and because we're like, dude, what were some things that we could like ask Zane? If we were like, here's a guy who's knows about like you know sharing your faith. So many times we see people try to like reach different demographics of of youth culture in ways. It's like, oh, I'm gonna speak their language, but it can it can turn out kind of like kooky or kind of like yeah, very oh, dorky that or is, cheesy. That seems kind of forced or that yeah. seems whatever. Um, so maybe this be like a next, uh, or, you know, kind of coming to a close, but how do we accomplish evangelism without seeming, um, like we're kooky or like we're trying too hard? Like, how do we just make it just a genuine expression? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, maybe in some ways, like just, just be you, like, you don't gotta be the next Billy Graham. You know, you don't, you don't have to do evangelism the way, even the way that I do it, the way that, you know, whoever did it, the way you've seen your pastor do it, like mm -hmm. God's wired each of us uniquely to be an expression 
of his life here. I think also with that, I think we need to be careful that I'm speaking to myself here, you know, like that I don't equate kookiness with being like just rejected. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I think I know for myself, I can have that fear of like, what will they think of me? Yeah. And so I don't want to be a, I don't want to be rejected is really what it comes down to. And I, I think we also have to be real. Like Jesus was, was crucified for the message that he shared. He promised that we would experience persecution. So we will have people that unfriend us. There, it, it doesn't always go perfect. I know, I know you guys know that, right? I'm preaching to the yeah. choir. Oh, totally. But yeah. I think to know that not everyone's going to respond well. The gospel is offensive. And if we think we can do it in a way that doesn't offend people or turn people off, then apparently we found a better way to do it than Jesus did. I think, um, but, I, but uh, if, it's, if it's, you know, on that side of, I just, you know, I want to be cautious that I don't sound like I'm, I'm kooky in the sense of trying to, you know, sound too much like the culture. Yeah, dude, I think that is something to be aware of. And I think just honesty authenticity I think is what people value mm-hmm. and um, and so I've found actually the more that I'm just outright with it like man uh, I'm a follower of Jesus and I talk about Jesus the more respect I feel that people give in that because you're not trying to hide it I feel like the real kooky thing is like you hang out with these dudes for years and they never know you're a Christian yeah. and then they find out one day and they're like yo what <laughs> uh I uh, I started surfing on the Great Lakes, and it's this like kind of like close knit little group of surfers that you know chase the storms and 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 ride windswell. Well, like part of the group has like knows me just as the pastor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 at first I think it was a little bit of like a joke because you know, they asked me what I did and I was like, I'm a pastor. And so at first they're like, Oh yeah, a pastor guy. But I, what has been cool is over time, I think they've just realized, Oh, like that, that's who he, that's like he is a follower of Jesus. That's what he's passionate about. And I think out of that has come like respect. So I think just own it, you know, a little bit too. None of us want to, to be the, the cuckoos like, just trying to fit in and so i think be be real with who god made you and i if maybe in like the last part what i would say is one of the things that helped me a ton is to see that i don't necessarily need to be the one who like stands up on the edge of the half pipe and like you know grabs the bullhorn and proclaims the gospel mm-hmm. uh, i'm not saying that 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 we shouldn't do that if god calls you to do it then do let it rip but i think for me what i've found is building relationships and that relationship can have can happen in the midst of a couple minutes or a couple years, a couple decades, and then just allow God to use that. And am, am I being intentional? And the way that I that I do that, like at skate parks, is I ask people questions. I get to know people. I try to be more interested in them than I am in them knowing, you know, about my latest and greatest whatever just getting to know, like having honest interest in others, asking them questions about, you know, just regular everyday stuff. It's just relationship stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, like transitioning to faith, I love asking people, do you have any spiritual background? 
one of my questions. You know, it's just vague. It's open. And I find so many people have so many different spiritual views. We used to live out in Colorado at Winter Park and doing snowboard ministry out there. And it was like everybody had some sort of spiritual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what I found is people love to talk and people love to talk about themselves. So Mm -hmm. I ask people questions. I think Jesus was one of the best question askers, Mm. right? He's always asking questions. Mm -hmm. And then I would find ways that I can listen to what they say and find things that I can build up. So for instance, my friend is a Buddhist uh, and, and I'm like, whoa, okay, that's different than what I believe. Well, one of the things that they do is like this emptying of self. Hey, I can relate to that. I can see that I have too a need to empty of self. So I admire that. So I'm like, yo, like that's, I'm actually, I, I get that. You know, I see that there's this need to like empty out because a recognition of not all in us is good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can find like common ground and this is probably, maybe this is kooky. I don't know, but I, so I ask, I admire, and then I admit, here's my three point outline. I'm a preacher. I can't help it. I'll take it. I'll but, take uh, it. Okay, okay. Maybe someone else can like make it cool or something, but <laughs> I ask, I admire, I find that common ground. My other friend is a Muslim, like, uh, learned about the five pillars of Islam I I admire the fact that he prays every day faithfully towards the East. I'm humbled by his pursuit of God, and I admire that. I spend less time debating on the things that we differ, and I found times and places just to find that I could encourage him and build him up in the places that we are similar, and I can be challenged by that. So I ask, I admire, and then I admit, rather than telling them, the Buddhists, here's why you need God, I tell them, here's why I need God. Because when I get to the end of my, you know, call it prayer, call it meditation, the emptying of myself, I'm still just left empty. Mm. And I need a filling because I know what's going to happen at the end of my emptying, more Zane just comes back. And that's not a good thing always. (laughs) And so I need something else to fill me. That's why I need Jesus. You know, my friend who's the Muslim is like, Dude, he's working so hard to to earn his salvation. He doesn't even he doesn't know. He hopes that one day he'll be approved to God. And uh, I admire his pursuit, but the reality is, I've tried to pursue my God like that. I fall short, and that's why I need grace. That's mm-hmm. why I needed someone to step in on my behalf, and 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 to live the life that I never could, to die the death that I should, and then be to raise to new life that I might truly live as well. And that's what I needed. And so, I don't know, maybe, yeah, that's my ask, admire, admit. Uh, I didn't, we didn't trademark that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get sued by Jesus because I think that's what, that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, see Paul do that in Acts chapter 17 and Areopagus as he, he asks, he does the research, finds out what they worship. He admires them. He says, men, you're very religious. He like builds them up. And then he shares, and then he uses it as a transition to share the gospel and how Jesus changed his life. So it's kind of simple for me. It's changed to be less of presentation and more of conversation. It's less of me laying out this, you know, you know, five point outline of here's what they need to believe. And here's, it's more of me having conversation with people, hearing their perspective and sharing how Jesus changed my life and inviting them into that relationship too. 
That's a good way to close up this this um, this episode too. Just like that practical application of or ask, admire, and admit. Like I I'm all about that. I mean, like I said, Bible college background. I'm all about the three point sermons and like having like little analogies and like use all the same letters for stuff. Like for me, that's super helpful. And I think that's what we all need is just some helpful practical tools to make make sharing our faith easy. To remember, dude, go back to your first love. Remember why you need Jesus in the first place, or. You know, go and engage that kid by, you know, asking the right questions, like, you know, actually being invested in their lives. Like we don't need to come as anything that we're not, but just be your authentic, genuine, like who God created you to be self. Like that's all we need to be and just be real with these guys. And that's, that's so practical and so helpful. And I know I, I personally am benefiting so much just from hearing you talk and um, yeah, I'm definitely built up. So Dude, thank you so much for sharing cool. all that. Yes, thank you very much. I can't wait. I'm honestly going to be practicing this tonight, this Wednesday. I'm going to be going going to skate church on a Wednesday where these kids aren't expecting to hear a sermon that you'd hear on a Sunday. But instead, I'm going to try and go less presentation, more conversation. Yeah, dude. Less presentation, more conversation. It. That sounded good. <laughs> yeah, right. And if people want the ministry Dare to Share, I don't work for them, but I partner with them. They developed an app. It's called Life in six words and it's a gospel sharing app it's super user friendly has some of the ask admire admit stuff has hmm. different ways of how to articulate the gospel uh you can send videos to friends and it's just kind of an interesting easy app to for sharing your faith it's free so um called life in six words well dude zane thank you so much for for um yeah just sharing all your all your wisdom and all your insight with us like again we're definitely both blessed by this as i'm sure like all these listeners are going to be really encouraged by you so thanks for being here man and uh we'll we'll be in touch we'll probably have you on here again for round round two <laughs> that was our interview with zane black brandon how are you feeling right now man i'm i'm hyped i'm excited I, and honestly, I'm, yeah. so, I'm super hyped up right now yeah i'm really excited i'm really just so encouraged to actually put some of some of what we talked about today into actual practice starting today yeah no joke it's like i remember like being in, in high school and sharing my faith and i was like i was like excited to go and do it but then there's always that encounter with someone who's different and you're like oh man how am i going to talk to this person this person probably wants nothing to do with it and like the one thing i like i that still you know stirs up my heart right now with what zane talked about was like the one guy you think wants nothing to do with what you have to say mm-hmm. Like, lo and behold, like, he's probably the most open person to receive what you have to say. Yeah, guys, we just, we got to get out of our heads sometimes because we can be our, our biggest roadblock in our way. But ultimately, we just got to pray. I mean, it's not, it's not our, um, our knowledge that's going to, you know, be able to lead people to Christ. It's not like our, our three point sermons or whatever else we can say. Like, it's, it's Holy Spirit inside of us. Like, He will guide us, He will lead us. And when we invite Him to move freely into our, our environment, like, dude, he will speak through you. Um, we, we don't need to overcomplicate, like knowing all the things, but we just say, God, move, God, speak and use me. And you may walk up to that person, have no idea what to say. But the second you say, Lord, what do you want to do? He will show you what to do and he will give you words to speak. I believe that in Jesus name that you guys will see um, just fruitful conversations sprout out like in your in your parks and your in your workplaces, wherever you go and you invite Holy Spirit to move and uh, speak through you he will do it and do it in a mighty way. So yeah, dude. So put this stuff into practice guys. And if you have some testimonies that you guys ever want to share, um, dude, shoot us an email, shoot us a message on, um, on our website with the contact links on there and stuff. But yeah, but we'd love to hear this kind of stuff and encourage one another with, uh, the testimonies coming out of the park. So thank you again to Zane black and stay tuned next time. We'll be here. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, keep pushing forward.